This is Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me this week are Sean Hamilton and Jim Spence. Jim Spence playing through the pain barrier with his dodgy ribs after taking a tumble. If you follow him on Twitter, but anyway, well, this that's the type of that's the type of professionals we have here. Uh, none of these amateur podcasts, right, guys? Straight into it because we were we were away last week. I have to say, uh, just a wee shout out to the to the guy that messaged me on Twitter saying that uh, there was no complaining. There was no podcast last week after. United beat Saints, and I think he he was uh, he wasn't believing that I was on holiday, so I, I, I felt like I should be sending him pics from uh, from Centre Parks. But anyway, well done United on that one. We'll sure we'll touch on their on their form in soon enough. But I think we'll better start with the with the Saints, Jim. Well, while I was away, I don't want to go right back to the uh, the original. Decision by St Johnston with the, the the three stands to Rangers, the thirty pounds, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think we could probably cover it off with a th- with your column last last Saturday, which effectively I, th- I don't think Sean may say different. I don't. Th- I think there'll be unanim- unanimity on this one. The three stands decision itself has been done before, so you know I think St Johnston fans would probably have have swallowed that with with a reasonable case behind it, a good sort of explanation, consultation, all the rest of it. I think the £30 one is the difference this time around and the the way it was, the way it's been sold to them or, you know, or not sold or as the case it? may be. Yeah. And then, so, but I think we should, we should move it on to, to what's happened this week. And just when basically when the details about buying the tickets have been, have been released, there wasn't a subsequent, certainly wasn't an apology there wasn't a, another statement which i think when i wrote my piece on the back of united game i, th- I put it along the lines of look st johnson get most of the things right they are pretty much thought of as the best run club in scotland i think we've said that often enough you know they do so many things right in terms of the the financial picture all the rest of it they got this one wrong they should have said they got it wrong they should have offered. I know they'd be boxed in by Rangers and all the rest of it. It's a bit harder when it's cup games and all that. We we know that sort of that side of things. But they could have said, "Look, here's I suggested here's a voucher that you you know somebody buying a ticket gets for another game, that sort of thing." And I think people would have forgiven them and moved on. But it hasn't kind of happened that way, Sean, has it? It's there was no there was no second statement. There was and what basically happened was. Those who complained, I think I'm right in saying this, those who complained to the club got an email back from Ian Flaherty, which gave a, a whole list of things that seemed to have got people's back up even more. And you can take it from there, Sean. Hmm. Well, it's a series of, of, of missteps on a, in a communications PR standpoint, certainly. Um, I mean, the, the you're right, it, it has been done before. And actually, in, in relatively recent memory, um, yeah, start of twenty twenty, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, it's 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 not um, completely out of the blue for that to happen. I mean, it's a it's a shift from recent policy, um, which is obviously just to, to have the the old firm fans at, at both ends, and then at the at the north end of the main stand as well. Yeah. On the back of Sean, I um, think on the back of higher season ticket sales and all the rest of it, there's more St Johnson fans since the start of twenty twenty. Yeah. 
which is which is fine and I, and I, and I, I think i mean personally it's it's uh, when you've got a season ticket as i do uh, you know you want to sit in your seat don't you so you I, do. I, I think that, that there are a lot of people who are sort of irritated or irked by yeah, by yeah. having to shift out of their seat the, that the thought of a rangers it. fan sitting on their yeah. seat yeah, yeah yeah absolutely so that's that's part of the problem but as you say i think that that's that's something that pr- probably could be managed um, had it been done a bit differently, uh, but the, but the, I mean, going back to when it was announced, it's, it it was dropped on you know at five pm or as close to five pm, you know, pretty about that area on, um, on the thirtieth of December. It was a Friday, um, the thirtieth of December, day before Hogmanay. Everybody's everyone's shutting down after that. So, I mean, I mean the the, the implication there, people people aren't daft, you know. You can read between the lines there, and and that sort of strategy for putting out a piece of news. I mean, that's classic sort of, you dump bad news at 5pm on a Friday and shut the office. That's it. And I, I think there's a perception that that's, that's kind of been what's happened because it, it took, you know, there were there were a lot of complaints after that. A lot of people unhappy on social media and obviously people directly contacted the club to complain because they did get a, a response from Ian Flaherty. But there was nothing from St. Johnston on that topic for 10 days thereafter. Um, and when that did eventually come, it was it was simply a a sort of doubling down on the on the original statement and and your tickets will be on sale in two hours sort of thing it was three o'clock on the day they put the tickets on sale that they put that out and there was no further explanation um about the situation there was no acknowledgement of uh of, of people's dissatisfaction um what did happen as you say is that the, the, the opera, head operations at the club in flaherty sent a, 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 an email um out to supporters who directly contacted the club um, with their with their uh, complaints about it, uh, with a with a, a series of sort of justifications, if you like, from from the club's perspective as to why it had happened, and I, I, and I, again, I don't I don't think that was brilliantly done either. Um, and I, I, the fact that that was, you know, that 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 Ian felt that was necessary or, or the right thing to do to to respond personally to people who complained personally is, I mean, that's a good thing. I can't knock him for that, but. There were a lot more people who weren't happy, who were just waiting to see what happened, you know. And there was nothing afforded to them. Not everybody who's unhappy is going to directly complain, yeah, you know. Exactly, exactly. So it it wasn't properly handled. That needed that needed to be more public. And actually, I think that the correct way to to handle it, or the, or the the way to handle it that would have would have got them less grief, if you like, would have been to to front up with some of that explanation in the first place. Not directly, not in the way it was worded necessarily, and some of the, some of the elements of it, you know, I'm 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 kind of I'm not having, but I, I I think it should have been fronted up really. Yeah, that uh, in that advance. was a key difference, Sean, actually, to to the last time because I went back and looked at what they did in whenever it was January 2020, and it was a big. It was a big explanation as to the reasons, and I think the key one that they pitched at the time, and was about this uh, was about the fact that look, we're not selling this out. We'll get more money this way, and it will go into into the Tommy Wright's budget. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so I think, and yeah. and I looked at you looked at the reaction to it, and I listen. There was some you never please would, everybody. You didn't, but there was a lot of people took you know said, look, I can see the logic here. We'll swallow this and. Fair enough. We'll go with it. But there was nothing like that this time. No, 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 there wasn't. And that, that that's 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 where the stumble's been, basically. Um so yeah, it's 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 been a mishandled situation um right from the beginning. Uh, and 
I can understand people's dissatisfaction with it, and and a lot of talk actually of beyond dissatisfaction of people boycotting the game and not buying yes, tickets. And yes. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to go so far myself as to say you know I'm boycotting this or anything. I'm not making some grand sort of taking any grand position on it or anything like that. It's been a it's been a you know a, a, a cock up, but. Uh, I'm 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 not I'm not taking a grand position in response to that, but I'm certainly not going to be buying a ticket either. So uh, there you go. And I think a lot of people a stand, will probably feel the stand, same. Yeah, I think I think they will. I think. Listen, what I don't want to get Jim into the into the big point, but I think it's a legitimate point that already. I think clubs they misread this completely in terms of the old firm. That I know plenty of St Johnston season ticket holders who haven't for. For, and I know it's the same across the country who for years do not go to games against Rangers and Celtic because they don't they don't see it as the this big the big game that that other people seem to dress it up as you know they 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 just don't enjoy the whole experience of it for for a variety of reasons so the idea that this is the game that they, they you charge you more for. It's just, it's just bonk. You know, the big games are are what a. I know St. Johnston have just beaten Rangers, but it happened once in a generation. The big games are the when Dundee United come to town. You know, when you get a right good atmosphere, you get, you know, it's a the game could go either way. That that sort of thing. That's it's. They've already Scottish football in general has an issue with with fans staying away from games over, and this will just exacerbate it. And. Jim, you know these things. It's coinciding with with a wee bit of a poor run in form. You know, you, you need to be careful that this just doesn't become one sort of giant ball of dissatisfaction, don't you, Jim? Yeah, well, the problem is Saints are now in the back foot, and the best place to be in terms of communications is on the front foot. Now, I mean, <clears throat> I know that um, Saints have got supporter liaison officer and Bev and all the rest, of it, and that's a great thing. I think that's a great job. Club has that now. Um, clubs have moved a long way from from previously. You know, they are um, so. You know, it, it's. It, I think it's important that you, you know, you communicate with your supporters, and that might be that you meet with, uh, you know, supporters groups, um, properly affiliated supporters groups, and all the rest of it, as opposed to just a kind of hodgepodge of people who claim to represent the clubs and all the rest of it. And you sit down, you chew the fat, you maybe run past them. Look, here's the idea. Here's what we want to do. Here's the idea. I mean, I, I you know, if I'm being blunt, um, I know exactly what you're saying because I think it's the same at Tannadice, at Dens, at some other places as well. Um, there is an element of of home supports everywhere that will not go to Celtic and Rangers games because they don't like what they perceive as, 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 as an atmosphere which can be threatening and dangerous and just generally unhealthy. That's up to people to decide. So if that's the case, you make your point to supporters, as you were saying the club have done earlier, and you say, look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have three stands over. That will bring an in extra income. That goes right into player pot, and that will perhaps buy us, if it's bringing in another 100,000, that gives us a wage. That gives us a good player's wage for a year. So you explain it in, in, in that fashion. But by failing to communicate it properly... Um, I think they were always then on the back foot and then, you know, you get things like, I mean, I saw one fellow on Twitter saying, referencing the rising cost of living affecting their costs while charging £30 a ticket is gold. But, you know, and, and I understand where he's coming from. But there is an element, you know, I mean, the club have, just as punters have got rising costs and everyone has different depths of pockets, um, clubs also have rising costs, you know. Now, I think the key thing here for Saints is, is that, you know, this is a club that by and large do the vast bulk of things right. Now, one of, the, one of the things that worries me about modern society, and this is not just about football, is that apologies are not enough anymore. People want you not just to genuflect. They want to whip you until you're red raw. The club have apologised, or, or they've said that, okay, they could have handled things better and all the rest of it. You know, at what stage... Uh, no, they haven't apologised. Uh, well, no, they, they haven't, haven't apologised. No, that's, that's right, you know. Um, 
what, at what stage though do you stop whipping people? Um, because ultimately, you know, Sean's saying there's not going to boycott. Ultimately, the only choice a supporter has is do I hand over my ticket money or do I not? Now, I suspect an awful lot of people won't. I know that, you know, um, uh, Colin McCready, who kind of, we all know from Twitter, the uh, the well-known actor, Colin, Colin uh, was one of the guys that said, I'll not be going, you know, I'll be, I'll be boycotting it. And Stuart I think, Cosgrove said, you know, it, said the same thing on the radio, Jim, as well. That cause you say the same. I mean, I just you know, for a club that gets so much right, they've got this one badly wrong. Um, there, there's no doubt about it. Um, so I, I thought they had actually apologised, Eric. So I'm out of touch with that one. I think they kind of, if not, but see, the problem they've is explained that bit, they they've explained right. that a bit more. But yeah, they've explained it. it, it you know, as, so and that's fair enough. Look, not if, to everybody. They think they've got not it. to everybody. Yeah. you know what I mean. It's you know there is a silent majority out there who, who as Sean says, don't email clubs. You know, I mean, there's be, be thousands of folk out there who would never think to email a club and say, look, uh, I'm raging. You know, this is this this is this that and the other. But they need to be spoken to as well. Would be would be a legitimate take, I think. But. Uh, Eric, I, 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 by the way, I don't expect a great deal of sympathy for Rangers fans out here either, you know, and I would never be put in the camp of being a big, a big Jersey supporter, but they're getting, they're getting whacked for 33 quid. I was talking to a pal of mine in Perth who's a big Rangers man, 33 quid. I mean, really, I mean, seriously. In, in the modern world, £33 for a game of Scottish football. I mean, I saw something the other day. I mean, I'll slightly de- de- go off of bat here, but I sometimes wonder if there's a generational divide as well because <clears throat> somebody was, uh, in fact, a very well-known former top-flight Scottish person who now lives abroad sent me something the other day. But from the L- MLS, how all the clubs in the MLS get this big list of things you must do in terms of video content, this or the next. We've got it wrong. You know what I mean? Maybe it's just an age thing, maybe. If you want, your fo- if you want football content, there's so much of it everywhere now. You know, clubs should be concerned about what they put in the park, entertaining people. You know, um, for instance, the first 20 minutes of the Dundee United Rangers game was utter dross. You know, but we'll come to that, no doubt. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think sometimes we're all over the shop on this. I mean, there's got to be, you know, we know we've had the 20s plenty campaign. 20 quid to some people will be nothing. 20 quid to others would, would kind of feed the family for about two or three days, you know. So, I mean, you can't quite get it right with pricing, but they've, they've got this one wrong and badly wrong. And and they need to, they need to have dialogue, I think, with, with established fans groups, it's A, to, to sort this particular issue out and try and make sure that it doesn't happen again or that there is going to be a similar instance in the future that it's properly explained and the reasoning is laid down. I mean, look, the thing is this, unless you're a fan-owned club, you can't have fans running the club. You've you've got to run the club along business lines, and Saints have done that very, very well. We know that, but um, I think in this instance they've they've got it wrong. They're, they're out of step. They've been tone deaf, frankly. I think, as I said in my my column last week, and they're going to have to kind of sit down with people and get it right. Otherwise, the blowback could be really serious going ahead. Yeah, sure. We'll try and sort of merge this into into football, but I kind of got lost. Obviously, with because it was on the week of two football games when it was uh, it was after the Dundee United game and uh, sorry after the Hearts game, I think, and then before the Dundee United game or it was maybe after the like, whenever it, it was came the thirtieth of December. So yeah, so it was done after the Dundee United game and then before the Aberdeen game that uh, Callum Callum Davison got asked about. It. Now I I don't th- he shouldn't be the first person who gets quizzed about this. You know what I mean? He shouldn't, have, you know. After all those days, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be his place to. I mean, yes, it's fair enough that we ask him. We had to ask him to get his opinion, and it's kind of been lost that Callum Davidson went further than most managers would go. I mean, it wasn't. He wasn't like he basically said he can understand the fans feeling the way they're feeling, you know. And that 
got lost a wee bit in Saints, you know, playing poorly. But still, we're going to go into the week of the, the game. We're not actually at the week of the game yet, so it's going to dominate it next week. And again, I suspect the people who will be speaking about this will be Callum Davison and a player or potentially more than one player. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's just yeah, how, yeah, that's, it's, that's it's, how it is. That it's, doesn't, doesn't feel right to me. No, no, it's, yeah. Again, in terms of PR strategy, it's this sort of, you know, it's so difficult to try and get your head around what, what the strategy is, to be honest, because it doesn't appear like there's there's been much of one. And and I can't I can't fathom it myself, other than the thinking has been, as in the initial instance, you know, put it out and then batten down the hatches and, and hope it blows over, you know, as... as the the sort of five pm Friday bad news uh, PR strategy is you know uh, but it hasn't blown over and it, and it, and it won't blow no, it won't completely blow over um, until it's until it's properly fronted up and and I, as I say I, I sort of semi praised Ian Flaherty for responding personally to people who play, complained personally that's fair enough to do but there are there are these other people that we've spoken about and it's not it's not fair as you say that the manager and players who are the ones who are regularly um, you know, acting as as spokesman for the club, you know, uh, in their uh, you know weekly media duties. It's not fair that they are the ones that are, you know, being confronted with with questions on it. And the questions are legitimate as well. And and they were legitimate after the Dundee United game because, as as we know, there was a a visible protest at the Dundee United game uh, about it with the, the Fair City Unity group who didn't take their seats in the first half. Um, and then came back in the second half, and obviously the the difference in the atmosphere was was noticeable. So that was it made it a legitimate question, um, and it will continue to be a legitimate question until it's addressed properly. So I, I just I, for me it's not it's not going to go away um, until it's properly fronted up. Um, and as you say, I think we've we've mentioned a, a, an apology. I think it, it probably is necessary, to be honest. Um, and again, you take no satisfaction at, at, at you know. It, criticising and, and, and having a go at certain things. But in this instance, I don't think there's any way around it. It just it hasn't been handled well at all. And yeah, well, the, and meanwhile, you know, there's, there's football going on as well. And that hasn't been going brilliantly either uh, for the last sort of four games. And that compounds the sort of the negativity, you know. So it's a, it's a, it's a fraught situation at the club at the moment. And it, they, they need to sort of get a grip of. The one thing that they can, I mean, you can... Can you go and absolutely grasp, get control of what's happening on the pitch? I mean, that depends. It depends what happens, right? But you can get control of this situation, or you can certainly get better control of it than you currently have. So I think that they really need to consider, as a matter of urgency, dealing with this properly. And then then hopefully it will go away, you know? But until that happens, then who knows? It's just it's just gonna it's gonna this rancor is gonna it's gonna continue bubbling away. Yeah, Jim, do you want to have your last word there? No, I mean I just I mean in terms of communications, you know, I mean having kind of um, done a wee bit of consulting as, as many of you know about, uh, very often you, you offer you offer a strategy or, or some kind of you know, approach to certain things and you find that your words are completely ignored. I mean, something I found, you know, that nine-tenths of what I offered up was just completely ignored and rubber-eared. Now, that, that's the issue. What we don't know is who made the decision. Was it a board decision? Was it a chairman decision? Who made it? What 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 um, what PR strategy was involved? Were, you know, were the PR people asked to, on their opinion or were they simply presented with a fait accompli? By the way, here's what we've decided. Put that out. In which case, it becomes a damage limitation exercise where you say, right, um, do we draw attention to this by trying to explain why we're doing it 
because you know by then people's backs are up anyhow um <clears throat> or do you um simply put it out and shut the offices up for the weekend and hope that it all goes away. And it looks as though Saints have taken that decision. I mean, it may well be that, you know, when you've got kind of, you know, I mean, Saints, you know, you, you've got Jeff back as chairman. I don't know whether it's a, been an individual decision or whether it's been left to their operations or what. No, end, right, of the, okay, so end of the season, we Jim. We, yeah, so we, we, we don't know what's happened. We don't know what the story is, who's actually made the decision. Um, but if the decision's been made uh, and it's been put out, then then you have to kind of, you know, question the whole overall PR strategy that, that that's going on at the club and the communication strategy. But they're not alone in that. You know, clubs still notoriously. I mean, what, I think what, one of the, but this is a pet bugbear of mine. Um, there are communications officers um, right through Scottish. I always remember covering... Uh, uh, Scotland's game in Spain um, during the, the double header we had when we played in I think it was Liechtenstein then down to Spain I covered that one for the BBC and I always remember that uh, uh, Spain had a, 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 a I think she's not long gone but they had a if I can put it this way I'm trying not to be patronised but an elderly matronly kind of woman who fairly hefty woman who kind of ran the PR. <laughs> and I tell you what, she just bossed them. She just bossed them. She just bossed Bill Bosky, you come here, you do this. You grabbing, grabbing world-class players, you do this, you go there. You know, and I thought, and it summed up the difference. I mean, P- PR professionals are actually treated like got this PR picture of a carry-on on movie in my mind. No, now, yeah, I know. Spanish carry-on. <laughs> no, Spanish carry-on movie. <laughs> Uh, carry on up Almira. No, but I mean, really, I mean, it's just, um, you know, here uh, we, we hire people and we don't pay attention to what they've got to say or we don't ask them what they've got to say. You know, I sometimes wonder why clubs employ them in the first place, you know, other than to send out an email saying the press conference will be at one pound at one thirty on Thursday afternoon or something like that. We don't give them their place. We don't actually, you know, um, give them a proper place. And, and, and you know, and Blunt, I've got to be even-handed about this. I mean, I'll be interested to see why Alan Burroughs, the uh, chief executive, is leaving Motherwell. And a part of my suspicion is that he's just had it up to here because pleasing all fans is a very, oh, it's not very difficult, it's impossible. It's impossible. They don't want to hear um, the realities. They just, you know, they, they've kind of got a blinker view of things. Here's how it should be done. You know, 7,000 fans at a game, you'll get 7,000 different opinions. But Saints, I think, have to tackle it. They have to kind of um, either reorganise their, their PR strategy and stuff like this, or they have to issue, um, well, I was going to say they have to issue an apology, but they'll not be issuing an apology if they think they've done the right thing. They might be issuing an apology <laughs> yeah. that they weren't clear I, enough and, and why they did it. But, but if they think they've done the right thing, well, what's the point of apologising. I think that's the crux of the matter though, Jim. It's not necessarily about the decision itself that's the problem. It's just the, the manner of how it was handled and how it was communicated. Presentation, and, and yeah. That's yeah. exactly the problem. Uh, people, people, the supporters have it's been... been a balls up. Yeah, supporters have been made to feel like they're, they're, they're an afterthought and they don't like that and rightly so. You know, if you're you're spending your money on a yearly basis or on a on a weekly basis, however you choose. Yeah, well, to go. I mean, particularly after a long period during COVID and all the rest of it, when they're putting money in and all the rest of it, that's that's changed people's perception quite dramatically. You know, yeah, for two exactly. for two seasons, give or take, you were the most important thing to a football club. You were part of the community. We're all in this together. Then all of a sudden, you find it's only you that's in it together. You know, so yeah, yeah. it's uh, Saints have to address it. I don't think it's going to go away, and it's it's going to fester as you put it. Football wise, Sean, you did you did the Saints game up at Petrodi. They've 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 lost their way a bit. There's no there's you know there's no other way of, of putting it. I mean you can I'm not gonna I'm not gonna exaggerate it into a, into a crisis that uh, you know I'm not quite getting deja vu from last season like some people are. I think you know you have to say that a reasonable points they, they were they were never going to win. Let's face it. There's four game losing runs and there's four game losing runs. They were never you know we can effectively call it three because you know 
Celtic away. You can you can just you can put that one one side straight away. I think Hearts at, Hearts at home. I think an informed Saints could legitimately look to certainly get a point at least out of that one. They done United, you know Aberdeen away. Even when Aberdeen's not a great team at the moment, you know they're still winning most of their home games. That's a tough one. The Dundee United one was the disappointing one, really. Yeah, Let's face was. it. It was, you know, they were at home to a team below them. It was a nothing sort of a game. They should have probably the worst they should have got was a draw out of that one. But they have lost their way in a general in a sense, just in terms. I think the last piece I wrote before I before I went on that that holiday was about the the sort of ch- the, the changes in the midfield. It was I think it was I can't remember the exact number. I think it was twelve on the bounce that were the yeah. The midfield. It, well, it was thirteen. The Aberdeen game made it thirteen in a row. Thirteen, and I just think I think I can't get away from that at the moment because it's. It's too you. You can have too many players, and you can certainly have too many players at a club like St. Johnson. And I think you know, it muddies a manager's thinking. It it makes you you feel when, particularly most of these, you know, they're apart from Max Kusharavi, they're all pretty much senior pros as well. So you've got to keep them happy, and it you know it gives you, it gives you decisions that you don't need. And I, I just you know when I saw the, the midfield against. Hearts, for example, I was like, that's just that just doesn't that just isn't a a midfield I would like to see. And you know, it's he's got a bit of an issue there, Callum Davison. And I think that squad needs trimmed over there. Over and and, and key ones aren't playing well. But maybe it's a consequence of the chopping machine. I don't know. You know, Graham Carey is is the one that jumps out to me. He's, he's yeah, just not, not playing well. Good. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but 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 yet somehow starting games, you know, and it started at Aberdeen, and I think that was that was an eyebrow raiser for me because, uh, yeah, uh, if form wise hasn't he been hasn't he been fantastic, and there were other options there, you know, um, and and particularly in the role that Kerry was asked to play, I, mean, I, I feel bad singling him out, but you know, under the circumstances, here we go, um, and the role that he was asked to play up at Aberdeen. You've got David Wotherspoon on the bench and he came on and, you know, he was lively as you would expect David Wotherspoon to be. And obviously, you know, Callum Davidson knows better than me the condition of David Wotherspoon at any given time. And yes, he's just come back from a World Cup um, and what have you. But, it's you know, it's been a few weeks now and I think folk are kind of clamouring to see him. You know, he's a, he's a key attacking player. He, he changes the side when he's in it, you know, and people are desperate to see him starting games now. So I think it's about think time we'll see him on Saturday. Him. I think yeah. we'll see him on Saturday. Yeah. You would think so. So, uh, yes. And up at Aberdeen, I mean, it was a funny one. When I was writing about it, I, I kind of wrote it in the, in, the, in the along the lines of it being something of a containing kind of F effort certainly they've been sent it looked like they've been sent out in, in that way first and foremost you know keep it tight um and make it difficult for Aberdeen and I understand that um it makes sense to me you've got uh, Aberdeen particularly on that day Graham Shinney's back you know he's a a, a a modern day legend anyway up at Aberdeen or certainly a hero to supporters that up there talismanic, so, that's for sure, yes yeah. absolutely so he th- that was a it was a, it was a fairly raucous kind of pitodry. um so I I understand the instinct uh, to go out there and and, and as, as he did you know had five across the back and then a four two behind and two in front and then Stevie May up top on his own I mean that's it's difficult it's a hard shift for Stevie May but um, it, it does give you some protection at the back um, certainly in the early stages so I I understand that it makes it makes sense to me that's I, I wouldn't be critical of that at all and actually 
I, I, there was a lot of criticism that I read from supporters about the performance, but sitting there watching it, you know, the, the, as the game went on, I agree with Callum Davidson's assessment that St. Johnson were sort of gaining more kind of control in the match as it went on. And then you have this catastrophic sort of error uh, that, that basically, I mean, the, the, does it gift? Can you go so far as to say it gifts Aberdeen a goal? Yeah, Probably not quite, you. but it's 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 up there. It's nearly it's nearly a gift. And the frustrating thing, and what changes the dynamic after the match when you've lost that, is with the mistake being made by Liam Gordon. Obviously, he's he's that's his third one of the match. Third very similar thing uh, in the match dealing with high balls. He, he had two in the first half where. Um, he, he's trying to head it back to the goalie. One of them, he's, he's miles too short, uh, and um, that nearly results in a goal. The second one, uh, I'm trying to describe how to describe it. He wasn't miles too short, but he was sort of God. I don't know. He wasn't too long either. It was just wrong. It was completely wrong. And uh, he's bailed out by by Remy Matthews on both occasions. So twice under high balls. Liam Gordon has struggled in the first half. He, Which is having... his bread and butter when he's playing well. Yeah. So he's he's probably a, he's a he's a player with his confidence. You know, he's yeah. not, he's not So he's having a form. he's having a shocker, if you like. Um, and then the the option is there at half time. Well, look, he looks uncomfortable here uh, because you know in the game we're, we're fairly you know the Aberdeen have had a few chances, but we're, we're kind of in control, and I'm and I'm I'm happy with how it's going. Other than this, so the option is there to take Liam Gordon off because you've got Ryan McGowan on the park already who you can shift back. You've got Dan Phillips on the bench who you can put on a midfield where Ryan McGowan's been. It's there. The chess moves are available to you, but they're not taken. Um, now, in Callum Davidson's defence, does he expect that Liam Gordon, having made those two mistakes, is going to make a third one? Probably not. Um, so uh, he's had a he's had a, a, a shocker. Um and it's and in the aftermath is just it's just frustration for everyone I think because then it becomes about well we didn't look much of an attacking threat in the game and that, that's that's true um, but they did look kind of in control up until the point where they were getting more in control of the match up until the point where they get they threw the goal away so it's more complicated than just saying oh they were crap you know because that's 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 not true but there were there were definitely problematic elements in the match so. Um, it's it's about for Callum, the manager. You know, it's about as you say, establishing what that best midfield is, putting it in place, getting the best players on the park in the best positions, and letting them play. Because we've seen earlier this season that that team can play. Yeah, you know? it sounds it, it sounds it sounds a very sort of it's a very simplistic thing, isn't it, Jim? But you know, it's a reset point where you you do what Sean says. You're you're getting your best players in the park, and we go from here. You know, it's, it's it feels like a wee reset point for St. Johnson just now. Livingston at home on Saturday. If I mean, I'm not. I've seen worse teams than than them in the league. I don't. I'm not seeing one that's sliding into the into the relegation zone at this point. You know, who knows? None of us have got crystal balls. You know, these things can can snowball. But you know, if they're if they're to have an eye. On what's going on above them, you know, this is the type of game that they, they really need to stop the bleeding in. Yeah, but I mean, that's the danger. I mean, and it's the nature of this league. You know, once you take Celtic and Rangers, and to some extent Hearts, but once you take them out of it, I mean, you've got a situation where anyone practically has the beatings of anyone else. I mean, you know, that, that could have all been so different for Saints. I mean, you know, Stevie May had a, had a header which flashed maybe what kind of 
just a foot wide and Murphy I thought should at least hit the target from the right hand side of the box instead he banged it over the bar you know one of those goes on it makes it a different kettle of fish but um, defensively it, it, it was poor I mean Duke had it far too easy with the two goals but um, you know Saints have now gone from a very good run to a very bad run where they've lost uh, four on the bounce and conceded ten goals in that, in, in that period and we know that you know there were three of those games arguably which were always potential losers particularly the two against Celtic and Rangers um, United won different kettle again a different kettle of fish I think Given the, the respect of league positions, the two they should have been taken, should have taken something more. Uh, well, they should have taken something from that game. So, so you know, they, they now find themselves um, uh, between the devil and the deep blue sea because you know they, they've gone from a situation where had they taken a wee bit more out of the four that they've just they lost on the bounce, then they could well have been kind of further up towards that uh, into that top six. Now they've got one eye on the bottom and think that we could very easily, if this goes badly tomorrow against Livingston and, and in the weeks ahead where, you know, Rangers come calling in the cup and in the league, uh, we could very easily be sucked right into the into the mire here, you know. So it's it's this kind of getting consistency of results. Now, you know, consistency of results is, is extremely difficult for everyone um, with, with squads that are, you know, where there's maybe only one or two star performers. The league, you know, there's an averageness right throughout the league, I think. But um, once, you, once you've taken four uh, rock-solid punches on the chin and, and lost four on, on the bounce, it becomes quite hard to maintain the confidence. But there is the ability. I'm, I'm interested to... I mean, I don't see as much as Saints um, uh, as you, Eric, but uh, I am interested in the respect that, <clears throat> you know, uh, uh, the, the thickness of the squad, if you want. I mean, I look at I look at the bench, and I see a really, really strong bench. From, you know, I'm looking at the, the Pitodri bench, I see what looks to me like a really, really strong bench. But you may well have a point that there's actually, I mean, I think I've touched on this in my column either last week, or I'll be touching on it tomorrow. Um, there's that fine line, isn't there, particularly in the January window, but quality and quantity you know what do you want do you want quantity or do you want quality if you go for quality in a squad the problem you've got is a couple of injuries kind of throws you completely but if you've got quantity but not enough quality um the, the net effect is the same you just you don't get the results you know so i think for the moment Callum has to identify bluntly who's who's pulling their weight and who's not pulling their weight you know and that sounds a bit that sounds a bit harsh given you know that that good run that they did come off of but that that's football you know in football you're expected to perform at the top of your game you know much more often than you're not um and for four on the bounce they haven't done that so he's got i think he's got one or two difficult decisions to make positionally um and motivationally as well with, with some of the squad at the moment yeah moving on to united Sean the united one that that intrigues me, the, the, the plot line that intrigues me the, mo- the most just now is, is the Tony Watt one because having, having I mean, in, in any normal circumstances, now I know Stephen Fletcher's a very good player, but in any normal circumstances, when your striker scores you the winner in a big game like Tony Watt did up at, uh, up at Perth, and then you bench him, you know everything, and coupling it up with the the rumours that are coming out of I think Salford were thrown in as potential suitors, and you then Liam Fox's quote, which didn't exactly dismiss, you know, after the United Saints game, didn't actually dismiss, it didn't really dismiss the idea of, of you know it was something along the lines of there's nothing but you know January can be a funny window type thing. United are trying to get Tony Watt out of the building, aren't they? He's one of their biggest wage earners, and that's 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 my take from it. Is it are you taking the same? Yeah, um, yeah, uh, uh, it looks that way. Um, as far as I understand it, there is some interest in him as well, and they are amenable to that. So, um, yeah, uh, it, it, having having you know 
landed Tony Watt not that long ago, you know, as Scotland's top goal scorer at the time. And it was, you know, it's a big deal. as yeah. a transfer, quite a quite a coup, uh, which it was, absolutely. You know, it hasn't quite happened for Tony Watt at Dundee United in terms of, yeah, in front of goal, certainly. Um, I, I wouldn't dismiss his contribution beyond that. I think he's 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 done some good things for Dundee United. He's he's been useful um, uh, in terms of their wider game, even if not you know directly in front of goal. But as you say, it, it looks it looks as if they have other plans now. Um, and Fletcher coming in is a big one because, as you say, he's, he is a good player. He's played at a very good level for the vast, vast majority of his career, and you know he'll, he'll, he's not he's not cheap. Players like that don't come cheap, so. Um, he'll be on big money for United by United standards, you know, and so will Tony Watt. So something's got to give, I guess. Um, and it looks like the thing that's going to give is Tony Watt. So, um, as I say, I understand there is interest in him, and Salford City is is one that I have heard. So, I mean, if that does come to fruition, then you know, yeah, you know, Tony Watt will be gone. Um, by the end of the month, uh, I would have thought. Um, and if he's still there. You know, it'll, I mean, it's not going to be a disaster for United if he's still there. They'll just have to, you know, continue to try and uh, work it. It's, it's it's a bizarre way to talk about a, you know a guy like Tony Watt who who came in under the circumstances he did, but we're saying you know they'll try and they need to try and find a workaround to keep him involved and stuff like that. It's crazy, um, but uh, as you say, it looks it looks it certainly looks like he's heading um, out the door uh, sooner rather than later. So an interesting month ahead for Dundee United because. I mean that certainly won't be the only thing that happens at Tannery. No, I mean what's your what's your take on the? Uh, I mean, a they they have. I mean, you said I didn't see United against Rangers, um, but you said the first twenty minutes was 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 dross. I think I'll quote you directly there, Jim. You know, not not a, not a classic. I mean, United seem they do seem to have sorted themselves out. I don't see them. They're certainly not the worst team in the league. Um, nah, no way. You know, I, I think I think they'll end up probably top half of the bottom half. It's probably that would be my. That'd be my view of them just now. But do you? Well, how do you view the transfer window for them? It's an intriguing one with United, isn't it? Because you know punters will quickly forget the fact that there's 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 money. I don't want to say money troubles, but you know money issues that you know book balancing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They'll just see Tony Watt go out and they'll think, oh, I want another striker in, won't they? Well, that's if he goes. I mean, I must admit, you know, look, there's always something in these things. I mean, I had a, um, you know, a, a guy I've known a long, long time who's a very well-known Kilmarnock supporter asking me weeks ago, what are you hearing about Tony Watt? We're hearing that we're interested in him, you know. Um, Salford have been linked as well. He, he, he will be on, you know, we can all speculate about the kind of money that he's on. There's no any point in doing it on, uh, you know, on a show like this because, you know, it's, um, we, we don't, no, but we've got a rough idea. But it's big money, you know. In terms, in Dundee United terms, in Scottish Premiership terms, it's big money. Now, if he is not providing what United need at the moment, and that's goals, um, and if he's not providing uh, enough else, and that will have to be um, a decision between the manager, the sporting director, and perhaps the owner, um, then uh, he becomes surplus to requirements, and they have to take the view that, given the money they've got him on, um, can they get? Uh, something of, of similar value or better value in? Or can they get a couple of players of better value in who might offer more goal threat? I mean, United need goals at the minute. They need somebody to to help Fletcher. He patently seems to be, at the moment, what, out of, of favour. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I'm a fan of what in certain respects. I think he's very good on the ball. He's a clever player. He plays intelligent passes. But I don't think that, as, as you know, as his, his period at Tannadice has kind of, you know, uh, uh, stretched out, I, I suspect that he's not quite 
the player that United fans thought they were getting. I yeah, think they thought they were probably getting given his, you know, he'd come from Motherwell as, as a goal scorer who, you know, who, who kind of hit the net 10, 12 times a season or something like that. And they haven't actually gotten that. They've got a player who kind of seems to play kind of sometimes wide, you know, wide behind off a striker or whatever, but very deeply behind a striker. Um, is intelligent, is clever, can be creative, um, is good with the ball at his feet, but, but just doesn't, you know, doesn't kind of, uh, offer perhaps what they need. I'm not saying he doesn't offer enough. But he doesn't offer what they need um, at the moment because what United need are goals and they need penetration. They need, I think, width down the two flanks um, to provide that that penetration for the likes of a Fletcher or, or they need someone playing off a of Fletcher. You know, I, almost a Nicky Clark figure, dare I say, something like that. You know, so um, you know, will he go? And I, 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 incidentally, Eric, I'm not so sure that that you know. I, I, I mean, my jury's still out. We're now what 20 games into the season. Um, um, you know, for long and weary, I, I've been trying to be as optimistic as possible, saying there is a good team in there. And the other week, I was right saying there's, there's that good that, that good squad of players now looks like becoming a good team. Now I think they are decent players, but I, but they have to do it on a consistent basis. Um, and if they're not doing it on a consistent basis, and if they're not kind of winning games, then it will be a, a battle. Um, for you know, potentially for the playoff place, much depends on this transfer window. I hate the January transfer window. I think, by and large, you you know, you get somebody else's levies to be blunt. You know, unless you've got money to go and and buy somebody who's out of favour because they, you know, they called the boss a rat bag or something. I mean, by and large, there are, there are you know there are not many good reasons for getting some of this January window. It's you know injury, illness, um, loss of form, all of these things. You know, so you're picking up somebody maybe lack lack of fitness. You're picking up somebody who very often you need five, six, seven games to get them into. Uh, to get the best from them, by which time, by which time you're already deep in the mire. Now, for United at the moment, therefore, it depends on combination of things. The sporting director Tony Asgar's um, contacts uh, will be, you know, will be working hard. Uh, I take it. Um, the, the nature of the relationship between him and the manager, the sporting director, and the manager, is always, I think, slightly unclear. What's the relationship with the owner? Is he saying to Tony and the board at Tannadice, "Look, I, I've dug far enough. I don't want to dig anymore here. You, you, you've got what you've got." Let's get us out of this hole. I mean, they're not—they're not in a good position, you know. I mean, I know they've got a game in hand over Ross County, and there's three points in it. But all of those clubs in that bottom area, Motherwell, Kelly, and and potentially Saints, you know, will be scrapping yeah, yeah, like kind exactly. of dogs in a fight uh, in the weeks and months ahead. So, I mean, I think much depends. We'll have a much clearer picture by the end of this month as to who's gone out and to who's come in as to where we go. Because once once that window uh, is shut. Then, then, then you've got the squad you've got. Now, you know, it's highly unlikely in these circuits. United seem to have also moved back in recent times. I told you that conversation with um, Mark Ogren some weeks ago in Dundee, and he'd say, well, we, we do kind of need to get the kids through again. Um, they, they seem to have kind of stepped back. You know, for a while we're talking about United bringing the kids through and looking to sell them on. All of a sudden, there's a much less youthful-looking United squad than there was. There's a much more highly paid squad than there was. Some would say it's pretty average. I think it's 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 better than average, but the results don't prove that. So come the end of this month, we'll have a much better picture of where they're going to, going to, uh, going to come from. But that will require fresh faces because I don't see anyone emerging from that squad after... 20 games, who is suddenly going to become a, a 10, 12 goal a season striker or, or a guy who injects a kind of pace that they've been missing down both both flanks. If that had been there, it would have been quite clear in training to Liam Fox or it would have been quite clear when somebody got their chance on the pitch and it's not there. So they have what they have unless they can get a couple of underperformers out the door 
and a couple of overperformers in. Yes, that would that would certainly work. Dundee, Sean, I've, I'm I'm actually intrigued by um, the way Gary Boyer's speaking, and it kind of it kind of goes under the radar, or it was going under the radar until it was uh, George Cran's column on it, and I thought mm. George was quite. <laughs> it was it was quite to the to the point more to the point than than Gary Boyer would be in the pub yeah. in public and all of a sudden I was thinking it's right enough he does use the word because or oh, the last two transfer owners he has used the word gazumped a lot it's more it's like a mm-hmm. you know he, he's, he's trying to buy a house or something and then you know we, we see that a lot and I'm looking at other phrases that he's been using you know it's uh, slow going and that sort of talk it's not his nature I'm I'm sort of presuming it's not his nature to sign a sort of you know, be a real sort of, you know, fire bullets towards the boardroom. But is he sending out messages here? Uh, or uh, is George sending out a message on his behalf? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Which was, his George's column was basically, back, you could you need back him or lose him. Type back thing. him or lose him, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's it's entirely possible um, that he is. You know, Gary Boyer's been about for long enough, you know, he's a, a, a shrewd sort of character. Can he so, offer it, yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, it certainly sounds like there's a... A wee, bit, a wee bit of dissatisfaction with progress being made in terms of signings and what have you. He'd maybe like a wee bit more um, in terms of in terms of financial backing, maybe, or uh, in, in in terms of just getting things done, or whatever the issue seems to be. I'm not sure myself, but um, it, it certainly sounds like a manager who's not not entirely chuffed. Um, and I can understand why, you know, looking at the looking at the results and and where they sit in the table and and what's happening in the championship now. With particular reference to Queen's Park, who are absolutely starting to fly uh, at this point, um, and are now, you know, uh, sitting. What is it? How many points ahead are they now? Uh, four. four, isn't it? So yeah, Queen's so Park. they're sitting four Queen, points uh, ahead. They're, they're, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so they're sitting four points ahead of Dundee and now. And they're on a real, mm-hmm. a real, yeah, they are, yeah, and then they're on a real, a real winning streak as well. So they're they're starting to look the real deal, aren't they? Um, so under the circumstances. You can see why Gary Boyer might be, you know, a little bit anxious to get things done and get people in and get people out um, as well to facilitate that. Uh, and I think he would probably rather see progress sooner rather than later because it's all well and good saying, you know, we'll we'll get our business done at the end of the window or whatever. But there's games between now and then, so right. every every point's important. Um, so I can I can understand why he would feel anxious. Uh, and if George is uh, sending smoke signals on his behalf, then fair play, George. Let's <laughs> hope <laughs> you get a good couple of transfer stories out of it. Yeah, no, Absolutely. only joking. Well, it, I think George is probably just reading reading the room, as we say. Uh, Jim, I mean, are you picking up the same vibes? I mean, it wasn't a great transfer window, and we're kind of the last one. And, you know, they've had a significant... I mean, McGinn was miles out of the picture, I think, the... Uh, Boyer would, would gladly have got got him off the books in the previous transfer window, so that's a, a decent wage off. But they certainly weren't weren't wanting to lose Zach Robinson, um, and he want him replaced with uh, a decent caliber striker. And that 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 will not be easy. Um, you know that, that that'll be very difficult. In fact, I mean, you know, George. I'd actually I'd, I'd I'd been reading George's piece the other day about you know the the um, um, uh, the various stats. You know. 
shots on goal, expected goals, and all the rest of it. Mainly, you know, how, how few done do you been score? Well, you know, the, the, the spread of goals, I think the 19 different scorers in all competitions, you know, but they kind of lack. I mean, Robinson, I think, it, was it, is it 7 10? Try to remember by comparison to the, you know, the, the 15 that they're leading two in the, in the, in the division have scored. But um, I, I think this is quite worrying because, you know, I, I've been reading through George's stuff and then I saw, you know, just just a wee, a wee line about, you know, hanging on to boy and I thought, what, what have I missed this? You know, and I went and checked and I thought, oh, I <laughs> Now we know how the game's same. played, you know? I mean, we, we all know how the game's played. It wouldn't be the first time we've been tipped off, you know. Listen, by the way, just in case, you know, if that appears in the paper, I'll not be unhappy. You know, um, uh, you know, th- th- this is a guy that's, that's been at Blackburn, he's been at Bradford, he's been at Salford. I mean, he, he is not a guy without credentials in the game uh, and and bluntly if, if at this stage you know uh, on Friday the 13th unlucky for some maybe unlucky for Gary Boyer or Dundee fans I mean you know if, you, if you've not kind of got your targets identified and and, uh, and in the door at this stage I think you're starting to wonder with a couple of weeks left w- what's gone wrong now if, if Dundee are being gazumped um, you know th- that's a difficult one I'm not sure they'll be getting gazumped in the in the, the the championship. I mean, I know that Willie Hockey's got big money down at Queen's Park. He's a multi squillionaire with Willie, you know. But um, I doubt even at Queen's it Park. It does. It does make I mean, you I, think. I sorry, Jim. It does. It makes you think. What what pond are you you fishing in? Then you know. Be realistic. Go well, that, after that's, targets. That, that's the point, Eric. That, that you yes, should be the biggest that, fish that, in the look, championship. Yeah. I mean, look. In fairness, there's a couple of things here. One, do do Scottish do do players want to play in the Scottish Championship? Um, Let's be blunt. I would imagine the vast bulk of players, given their their opportunity, would rather play elsewhere. It's not the most attractive league. It doesn't get great crowds. Um, you know, some of the grounds are a bit ramshackle. Um, you know, it, it's it, it's it's not the most attractive league in the world. Now, you you can make up for that sometimes um, with the right kind of wage packet, or or the right kind of loan deals. Uh, so that that's where the experience of a Gary Boyer comes in. You hope he's got the kind of contacts book that can persuade a guy, perhaps playing an English football as he's done already with some you know come up and play but then you're at the mercy of kind of um, you know well, certainly in this one the players being recalled or even in the next one depending on what you've got in it uh, you know players who maybe want to be there but don't want to be there if you know what I mean you know so this is very very difficult I think much of this actually bluntly uh, you know goes back to the sacking of James McPake you know, they shouldn't have done it. You know, they, they should have allowed the guy to build his team. Gary Boyer's had to come in at an awkward stage, try and rebuild. Um, he, you know, he, he he's not had the success in the windows that, that he's hoped for. Uh, and he's maybe, you know, <clears throat> he may well be looking now to to John Nelms and, and Tim Keyes and saying, look, you need to back me. You need to, well, I'm not saying he may well, he will be. You need to back me here because otherwise Queen's Park and potentially Air and potentially Park, because this also a big one tomorrow, can get away from us. Now, I would have thought Dundee, in terms of budget, will have the biggest budget in that league. But it, it'll not it'll not be kind of this is not like Celtic and Rangers against St. Johnson or Dundee United. You know, it'll be a bigger budget. But um, you know, if you're paying a guy an extra three hundred quid a week, it's a lot of money, but it's not necessarily the kind of money that's going to attract him to come and play uh, in the Scottish Championship in the depths of winter. So what pond are they fishing in and what pond uh, what pond are they able to get a permit to fish in, I think is the key thing. Oh, yeah, there's not many of them in Dundee, is there? Anyway, let's, uh, I mean, I'll let you have the last word on this one, Sean, and then we'll, we'll, we'll okay. wrap it up. Because I think, you know, Dundee are in, and they're in, they're in danger of uh, turning, which, 
you know, we're going from fishes to horses. What what should what was shaping up to be a, a one horse race <laughs> into into something that's becoming anything but. And that you know, it was in it was in their control. And I'm just Partick Thistle, I think psychologically, if if they lost the party and if Partick Thistle jumped back ahead of them after everything that I mean, they could could not buy a result. They were a club in absolute free fall. It'd be like that, you know, in one of those movies where you try to kill off a baddie and he just he just won't go away. If so if Park this will pop up ahead of Dundee, I think that's a that's a you know, that's a that's a bad sign, isn't it? Yeah. This yeah, is a, this is a big it doesn't put it. It doesn't bode well. Um, I mean, the the one sort of slight positive that I would offer uh, in terms of form for Dundee is, I mean, they're not, they're not, they're not, they're not it's going not on the kind of no. no, it hasn't, and they're not, they're not on the kind of winning run that Queens Park are on at the moment. But they're not losing many games either. You know, um, I mean, they, they obviously lost uh, to Arbroath um, in, in pretty grim fashion. You know, just uh, just after the new year, but before that, I mean, they hadn't lost for. A good while, not since October. Um, so, you know, they they do have something about them, quite obviously. Um, whether it's quite enough to to turn to to for Gary Boyer to get them going in the way that Queens Park are going, not sure. He obviously doesn't think so. But once once a few more bodies, so we will see. But it is it's really really crucial. Um, I think that that under the circumstances, Gary Boyer is backed. I think it's it's something that the the, the owners are probably they've got to do. They brought him in. Um, he's got them, you know, poised. They're not at the top of the league, but they're they're in touch. Um, and if he thinks he needs X, Y, or Z to get the job done, I think you back him at this stage. Uh, so I, I, as painful as it may be, I think it's it's and the, the, listen, they've, they've they've not. They've not been shy at putting money, and we know that they've, they've they've been very generous with the managers over the years. Um, you know Tim Keys and, and and John Nelms and what have you. So they've backed managers before. I think they, I think they're going to have to back this one as well, um, and I hope they do. Quite frankly, because the thought of uh, Queens Park in the Premiership is just laughable to me. And I, I'm I'm that this is nothing against Queens Park as an institution because obviously it's a venerable old you know club in, in Scottish football in historical terms and you know a, a serious club rather than a Gretna or something like that but at the same time it just it feels it feels rather artificial and I think there'll be numerous chairmen in the premiership looking at the prospect of Queen's Park going coming up and thinking oh shit <laughs> <laughs> well uh, just to finish the podcast Jim, I'm I'm away to give to Owen Coyle Sean's number. Okay, so that will uh, wrap that up nicely. He's a, he's an avid listener. loves loves the podcast too. Eh? Great guy, Owen. But there we go. Eh? Don't, oh, he insulted me. He told me I was going grey. Did he? Oh, oh no, he's a great man. Always. Picks I told up his me phone. told me at Denzel was going very grey. Cheeky side. There you go. I wasn't wrong, was he? Right. Okay. Well, thanks very much, gentlemen, this week, and thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye bye, just now. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.